Trading Nut, episode 37. Think of yourself as a pilot. You would never sit in a cockpit with a, passen- with a flight full of passengers and go. That's mass murder and suicide. And traders just like to get in because it's easy. Please study. The market's going to do something. Your job is not to fight it. The market never, ever runs away. It's always there. That personal diary of trading will make you a much better trader than I could be right about the direction, but wrong about the trade. Don't focus on the monetary side. Trying to make too much money on a trade is what I have seen killed every trader. Your losses offer you some of the greatest insight you can find into your mistakes. Relax. Learn the process. Candlestick pattern trading is a freaking trap. Don't be in a rush to become a millionaire. Let the market tell you what the market wants to tell you. This podcast is not financial trading or investing advice of any kind. What's up traders, welcome to another installment of the Trading Up Podcast. I'm your host Cam Hawkins and today we've got an interview with a trader by the name of Marina Villatoro. Now Marina is known as the Trader Chick and she hails from the US but is living in Guatemala of all places. So we've got a great interview lined up with her today and not only that, there's a couple of other things I want to tell you about that we've done with Marina here. So number one is... We actually get to hear uh, her strategy in detail at the end of the show and how she trades or day trades the, the futures market. So we get to hear that. Not only do we get to hear that, but we've also got a video recording where she actually walks through her price chart and explains in detail how she goes about what she does in the markets. And uh, that's up on that'll be up on the YouTube channel, so stay tuned for that. If it's not up ASAP, go and check out the show notes. It should be in there as well, but we talk about that in the show anyway. And then the third thing, the third thing is that next week, and it depends on when you're listening to this, but next week we are doing a live Q&A webinar with Marina. In actual fact, it's more, more than a Q&A webinar. Marina's actually going to teach us what she does when she trades the futures markets. And it's typically the e-mini S&P, um, but I think she's got experience in other futures markets as well. We'll hear more in the show. So guys, you've got to sign up for that webinar today. Now, how do you get access to that? Well, look, we'll tell you at the end of the show as well, but I'm going to tell you now, if you go to her show notes, search up Marina in the search box, or she'll be there, episode 37, and you'll be able to see how to register for that. We will put links to it in the show notes as well, So if in the show description, so if you are on your phone, you should be able to open up that description and get access to register for this webinar. So guys, that's um, coming up in the next week. Now, if you are listening to this in the future, don't worry, we'll have something for you there as well. So who knows what that will be, but definitely go and check out the video where she walks us through what she, uh, or how she trades the markets. Now, this is probably one of the most interesting interviews I've done because Marina does share so much. So guys, look forward to it. It's just around the corner. In fact, let's just get into it right now and hear from Marina. All right, folks, so we've got Marina Villatoro on the show here. Welcome, Marina, all the way from Guatemala. How are things with you? Great. Thanks for having me here. Um, they're good. It's a beautiful afternoon in Guatemala. <laughs> yeah, and we had a bit of a chat before the show around uh, Guatemala and the fact that you've actually managed to to find another day trader in your in your small town of in Guatemala which is which is highly unlikely 
I know. <laughs> it's literally 10 blocks squared, and chances of a U.S. expat day trading are pretty slim, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, that is that is phenomenal. I was just saying that like in uh, Wellington, New Zealand, I hardly ever run into anyone that actually trades it. And in actual fact, there was a guy that I played football with, and when I started mentioning it, I, I talked about it, or somebody mentioned it, what I did, the podcast and the trading podcast and stuff, and then he sort of came came out and said, oh, yeah. I, I I actually trade a, like probably once a week, and I'm like, yeah, never ever mentioned it. Very interesting. Right. <laughs> cool. Some well, people it... love to boast about it. I think, and others really like to be humble and keep it on the down low. That's yeah. the two kind of people that I've discovered. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and it is very much we call it the tall poppy syndrome over here, where anyone who would boast about anything like that would, you know be chopped off uh so that they're the same height as the rest of the poppies in a poppy field um, that's a good uh analogy yeah, yeah i think other other countries do crabs and they they've got crabs trying yes, to get out of a bucket crabs. yeah and they, they pull them back in guatemala yeah, yeah exactly that's so interesting yes they pull you down anyway let's let's get um onto the show and in with the question so uh first of all i want you to sort of tell the guys a little bit about you about what you do and before you get into that, how you got into this business of trading, how you got attracted to trading, and, and how you got started? Okay, well, my name is Marina Toro and I'm the Trader Chick, so that's kind of like my site. Um, I got started, I've actually always, always had an interest in day trading or the financial markets, and I lived in New York City for a really long time. I grew up in New York City and lived in that area, so there was... This is like back in the 90s. I'm not that young <laughs> before Internet. So we were like there was all these different workshops constantly going on. So I was checking them out and the majority of them turned out to be massive scams. Um, and what was interesting is that no one ever talked about anything other than just equities or stocks. And you always have to have twenty five thousand dollar minimum for those accounts. So I was, it was, and then if, you know, but besides that, you have to pay them five grand to help you. So it was always these scams. And I was like, forget it. So I was kind of learning on my own, trying to get things going. I did okay. It wasn't great because you do need an education. And then life kind of just happened. I went backpacking for a couple of years, moved to Central America and then continued. And now internet came in and then working through that. And again, it wasn't, there wasn't that much information or day trading specifically. So then I just became more interested in like longer term investing or I don't want to call it swing trading because it was like I was holding stuff for up to a year. Um, and then I also run a travel blog. So I'm in the travel blogger community and I met this one other guy who was also a travel blogger. So I kind of understand their lifestyle and he's also a day trader. And I started talking to him and that's how he started talking to me about futures. I'm a futures day trader. Now I only trade the ES mini futures. So when he started talking to me about that, um, it really sparked my interest because Unlike stocks and equities, like stocks, you have to do so much research beforehand with futures. It's literally, well, especially with the ES mini, it's 100% technicals and there's no research. You just got, you could just sit down in front of the charts and just look at what you're understanding, what the market tells you. And I just was like, oh my God, this sounds fantastic. So seven years ago on my 40th birthday, 
I gifted myself with the first course in futures and never looked back since then. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's, it has not been an easy ride. <laughs> it has been some really complicated, challenging, uh, day trading challenges you on every level. But that's how, uh, so I've always had that itch. I call it the trading itch. Um, everybody who trades probably understands what that means, kind of like the travel itch or the travel bug. So, and I just had it, and um, and futures was definitely the one that I really love as far as day trading. I still love my stocks as far as investing, but they're very different. You know, I actually tell a lot of day traders who come to me, oh, I want to learn how to invest. I'm like, well, you day trade, and then you take that money and you invest. <laughs> so they're not really the same, even though they're under the same umbrella. Yeah. So that's kind of how I got started. And so, so this guy, this other travel blogger that was day trading the minis, I mean, was he doing it successfully? Did you learn anything from him? Um, I, yes, he definitely has a very good life, um, but he also teaches. So to be honest with you, I'm not really sure where his money comes from. He's really good at marketing. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure he does day trading as well as his courses really blew up as well. So both and the travel because I make money. I was making my my main money was coming from my travel blogging. So I knew that too. But he was doing it to like the tenth degree, and I'm like, there's no way that's only coming from travel blogging. <laughs> so it was from the day trading. Yeah. Right. Okay. And and so um, was that the course you invested in, or did you go go elsewhere? Yeah. He was one of the courses I invested in. Over the period of my training, I invested in. Oh, I spent over $20,000 in education and so many things and one-on-one mentorships, courses. Um, yeah, because I was very determined, very, very determined to make it happen. <laughs> and do you want to sort of take us back to that that time when you were going through all these courses and all that education and and maybe pick out some, some highs and lows and and how you finally got there? So my biggest, um, I was um, like, I was just, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. I knew it. It, it was just the biggest, I, I can't even say if it's a high or a low. I think it's a combination of both. But it, like I was saying, day trading really challenges you. Everything that you do, like for bigger projects, your decision process can sometimes, if you make a decision, you won't know for a couple of weeks if it was the right or the wrong one. And you have time to kind of readjusted with day trading it's decision like right there and but it also encapsulates everything you do in life so I always said that day trading is my greatest master teacher because of that because of the challenges that it puts you through I mean the amount of wrong decisions you make and the doubts and all of that oh it could be so much work I mean it could be really defeating but then it could also be a huge high not even if you make a profit if you follow your decisions and your strategy and the discipline just that alone makes you feel amazing so with day trading i would say that that was probably my biggest high is realizing how much work i could do on myself to make me an overall better person and then my biggest high as far as day trading i mean i went through all these courses i've lost so many accounts so my husband's like what are you doing like this is just like torture <laughs> And I remember 
just laying on the ground, losing another like count. I'm like, I, there's got to be a reason I'm called to do this. And that's kind of like, you know, when you have a breakdown, there's usually a breakthrough. Mm. And I had a massive breakthrough. And I think that was the biggest high throughout that. And since and after that, that was five years ago, everything just changed um, completely for me because of that. I guess you call it an epiphany. Um, day trading and the whole industry has this stigma around it. It's very frightful. Um, it also sounds really complicated. Um, there's all these terminologies and people are like, oh, I've never done economics. I haven't taken finance. I'm not a math major. None of that matters. And that's what I kind of discovered, that day trading could actually be quite simple. Not easy. It will never be easy because there's money on the line. And whenever there's a lot of money on the line, that will never be simple. I mean, easy, but it can be very simplified. And I think after that breakdown, and that was a really bad one. <laughs> it was a really bad breakdown. Um, I realized that. And that's when I kind of just went to the total basics and went to my charts. I had multiple charts at that point. I'm now down to one chart, eliminated half of my in indicators and just allow what the market is telling me instead of thinking I know what the market is going to do. So that was probably my biggest high, which came from a very big low <laughs> as well. And it's, it's funny. It's one of those things that for some people, it just takes a long time to get to that point where you go, you, you sort of, I don't know what it is. I suppose it's, it's getting past your ego or whatever it is, or, your fear of missing out or whatever it is that the psychological thing that's screwing you over, even when you know you shouldn't be doing stuff, there's something, obviously there's a trigger point for different people at different times that that, that comes into play uh, to fundamentally change their their success story. So um, thanks for sharing with uh, that with us. It's, that's brilliant insight into your background and how you got to where you are now. So talking a bit more about some of the detail around your and i suppose more stats around your trading at the moment so you, your day trading what time frames are you focusing on i don't actually use a time frame i work with ticks so my chart is 600 is 610 ticks which um and then also my i don't use candlesticks so i use high low bars and they're also 610 so why I prefer that, it's transactions, right? So for each bar and the chart, it's 610 transactions. So it's like in the live, right? Okay, at this moment, that's how many transactions just happened, and it moves on to the next bar. When you're in a five-minute, 10-minute, one-minute chart, sometimes there could be zero transactions, zero actual movement in the market, but you don't know that, right? So that's why I personally prefer the tick charts. It just makes it more real for me. And then you see it when a bar is, you know, barely moving. It's, like, painful. Um, so you know that the market is just really slow. It might be lunch. It might be news. I mean, whatever the reasons are, you have to obviously know that part as well. But it also helps you know, like, for instance, when it's super slow, I don't want to be near the market because it's also indecisive. And it's just, you know, if you're in a trade and it's really slow, it can be really painful. You know, you just want to get out of that trade fast. I'm also a scalper, so I don't like, for instance, futures, ES minis, it works on contracts and points. Um, so my, I go in usually with several contracts for one point. Each point is $50. 
and I like to do it fast. I mean, I'm three to 15 minutes, 15 minutes is at the most. So if it's moving really slow, and I know that because not only due to the volume, but the actual live transactions, I know not to really get in because I know it'll be a painful, grueling moment while I'm sitting there waiting for the trade to end. And and why 610? So that was one of the, that's what the, my academy is like the classes I was taking. And since then, you know, you kind of just go where, what you're learning. And I just maneuvered it, I guess, or molded it to how I understand it best. Um, so what I also do is, like I said, I, I eliminated the majority of my indicators. I only use two indicators, and that's the EMA line and the MACDs. So I actually use three different EMA lines, which is the 610 is my main one. Um, I like to call the EMA line for me because I love price action. I think the, the majority of trades you need to work on is price action. However, if you think of yourself as an archer, right? So if you imagine yourself as an archer, an archer needs to stand somewhere before they could shoot their arrow to hit their profit or their target. So that's what I use is my 610 is my 610 EMA line. But I also use the 1597 transaction EMA line. So basically it's just um, the exponential moving average of a 1597 tick chart. Um, and I also use the 233 tick chart as well. And that helps me with my with where my profits are or even my stop losses, all of that. So basically – um, yeah, it just kind of happened from the academy that I was with, and then I completely changed it to my own system. Nice, I guess you. Could. And so, looking at the, the stats around your trading, I mean, what, uh, how? I suppose you're talking about scalping. You're talking about day trading. Uh, what's your average number of trades in a day? I, first of all, to me, day trading is a very high performance activity. I feel like when I'm going to down and trade it's like a marathon runner getting you know or like somebody who's doing a a sport activity you could only really focus and be deliberately focused for like an hour and a half um the mind just cannot handle more you need a massive break after that so i only trade for about an hour and a half to two hours so and i'm incredibly conservative i go for one to three trades per day And I'm very happy with that. I'm good with that. Um, I don't go for big profits either. Even I could go with a higher contract load. Um, But yeah, after an hour and a half, I'm done. So I go for around one to three trades. Usually, yeah, depends on the day, right? And and how long are those trades in the market for? I really prefer like the ones that go from three to six minutes, but sometimes <laughs> they last 15 minutes and I know like that's when I'm like, okay, I got to just stop because that just makes me too stressed out. I like the really fast ones. Um, and usually those are, I call them initial reaction trades. It's when, uh, usually when the trend changes and it's a strong, there's like all my green lights are lit up with strength in the new direction and it's that first quick retracement boom. And because it's going to kind of bounce back up, even if it doesn't last, it will most likely go for that one point, which I go for. And when I do multiple contracts, the second it hits one point, which I usually use one contract, I immediately move my stop loss. So, and, and then have my other contracts, excuse me, a little bit higher. 
And if it doesn't go to that second target, which is usually two points, and it retraces, I'm, I have zero loss because I'm at a break even. I put my stop loss to where um, I entered. Where, I mean, yeah, where I entered. And then I don't have any risk on the table either. But usually that's the, for me, that's the strongest entry point is right when the trend changes and the magazines are really strong. It's just beautiful lineup. Nice. And oh. and so what about uh, winning percentage and risk to reward? So yeah, when you're talking about one and you're taking out one and twos and then you're moving it to break even, what's your risk to reward on those trades and the winning percentage? So I always go in one-to-one. It's just the way I do it. One point uh, target, one point loss. So it's not too much to lose. And the reason why my profit target is only one point is because I learned with trading, it's more about your emotional capital than the actual capital that matters. So when you hit those smaller targets, your confidence just goes higher. And then because I go with multiple contracts, if I hit the first one, I usually have like one or two at my first profit, which is the one, and then I would move it to the second then I would move it to the two uh, second point. But at that point, I'm at zero risk because that's when I immediately move my other, my, um, my stop loss, unless it stops me out at one point, which can obviously happen. So I'm normally around 70%, some most likely usually 75%. Um, my trades work out to 25%, even more conservative. So I could go probably 80% win in that respect okay cool um i really like that quote uh emotional capital rather than actual capital that's it's been something that's been knocking around the back of my mind for probably the last three months around you know is it is it actually about the emotional capital well i didn't even i didn't even know how to how to put it that way but is it more if you can control that you're actually going to get a better result and i think um i've had someone on the show in the past who talked about only taking a third of what the sort of potential uh, profit target was and it just fixed their emotional um the yeah the, the, it improved i suppose the way that they reacted in the market and it made them feel better and all of a sudden their trading improved uh is is that something was that one of the sort of massive breakthroughs you had Oh, massive, massive. So one of the biggest things with these different academies, and it wasn't just mine because then I was looking at all the others, is that, you know, and especially with the hype, oh, you can make $500 a day in, you know, two months, such a lie. But, you know, so what they're doing is they're telling you to go for these really exuberant target profits, which sounds great on paper, but when you're in a man, it's so stressful, and a lot of times, if you're going to go for a really higher profit level, you have to put in a higher risk, right? Because there's a higher chance that it's going to retrace more before it goes back, goes up to that target. And then I'm sitting there constantly waiting for this big target. Usually, it was like between two to three points, you know. And I'm just like, and it wasn't hitting it. I was getting stopped out way more than I was getting filled on my targets. I was like, let me try really small targets, right? And that's when I started to hit them more. And just the fact that I was hitting them sometimes, so just a little quick educational thing, ES Mini, it's one point, 
And then there's four ticks in one point. Each tick is worth $12.50. I went down to like two ticks, just hitting profit targets with two ticks versus the eight ticks or, you know, 12 ticks they wanted us to hit, which is three points. But that alone, even though it wasn't a lot of money, my confidence level was just like, oh, I could do this. Wait, I could do this. I am doing the right trade. I'm doing the right strategy. And that really helped. Oh, my God, that helped. My emotional capital was drained. And how you mentioned earlier, the ego, the ego will attack you somehow. And this is, I think, every trader probably had gone through. They might have one or two point profit target. Yet if it starts to go in the wrong direction, they will let it go 10 points just to prove that the market has to go in their direction. Mm. Yeah. And they will lose all that money to only make, you know, a hundred bucks. And it never gets there because you've already lost your, your account. <laughs> so I was doing that until I was like, I can lose small, but I can win small too. But those wins are much bigger than the $50 that I'm looking at. It just gave me confidence. It made me feel better about my trading and actually everything. Because when you're losing money, I don't care if it's just, you know, during trading, you come out of, you know, your trading session in a crap mood. So that affects the rest of your life, too, you know. So that, yes. Yeah. Changed everything for me. It is, yeah. I mean, it's funny because like, on, on the back of that, I mean, and I, like, I've had issues uh-huh. with, you know, even make, having picking good trades and, you know, the profit target's too far away. It doesn't reach the profit target but then moving my stop to break even then getting stopped out at break even and being disappointed almost like i lost the trade and that oh, yeah. yeah that in itself is like is an emotional sort of attack against your emotional capital which you either have to accept that like yeah and i think the, the way to, the way that i got around it was accepting the fact that i've been in the trade long enough so the time is now more valuable than the money so for me to be in it any longer is is detrimental. So instead of moving to break even, I might move it into a few you know pips in profit or, or a decent chunk of profit. And if it hits that, it's like, well, that's how much my time was worth versus right. it going to the profit target. Great, yep, all happy days. It, it did it, you know, finished its journey. I didn't um, I didn't lose, but um, I didn't go all the way back to break even, which would have meant my time was worth nothing. Um, I'm taking, you know, I'm saying this is how much my time's worth at this point in time. So if you want to stop me out, great. I've I've earned that money over that amount of time. So if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. No, it definitely makes sense. And honestly, just hitting the smaller profits in general, it's not even about how much your time is worth. It's all of a sudden you're just feeling lighter yeah. and happier. Yeah. Um and that and kind of acknowledgement of that you can do this. <laughs> You know, there's there's a lot of times I'm like, I cannot do this. But with those little hits, oh, I can. Okay, I can. And then I had an interesting, I don't even know how this happened, but um, this was, again, years ago. Facebook groups are a little bit different now. But I found this really unique Facebook group for these actual pros, like the big wigs of ES Mini Future Trading. This one guy found, like, I don't know, it was like 15 of them. And I was the only woman in there. And they were just talking. Now, these are like the real deal guys. Like they were trading thousand, even million bot contracts, which is like up to a million contracts per trade. I mean, this is cool. big time, right? Yeah. 
And they were all scalpers. And I think that really validated me, all of them. They were going for, some of them were only going for like two, three ticks, not even a full right. point. Because with a million contracts, yeah. it's, you know, it's crazy money. And there, so I was, and you know, that was just so different from everything I was learning, which was like two, three, four points. These guys were going for eight points, they're telling me. I'm like, there's no way, there's no way. And then when I was in this group, it only lasted for like two, three months, and then it kind of shut down. But that really gave me a good eye-opener that, and scalping, I think, was like, okay, it's not as bad as it sounds because it has a negative voice to it. Yeah. But yeah, these guys were just going for a few ticks, you know, and they were they were doing great. <laughs> yeah, I think some people like, yeah. I mean, there's definitely a voice out there that turns people off scalping eventually like you know people will dive in there and go oh i can you know make money and there might be it might be for some other reason that it's not uh sustainable for them but uh there are guys that i've had on the show before that have made a lot through just scalping and even though it doesn't get talked about much and it gets slagged off quite a bit i i see what you mean i can I, i'm hearing what you're saying yeah scalping is yeah i love it <laughs> Quick in and out. Okay, you're good. <laughs> right, so so let's let's quickly go through your typical trading day. I mean, how you see the hour and a half in front of the charts? Does it comprise of uh, comprise of anything else? Well, usually it's around two. T- Two and a half hours because I have like my preparation routine beforehand. Um, I used to do it. So there's in for the ES mini specifically, the best sessions are this is um, New York time, Eastern time. It's 9.30 till around 11.30 because then there's the lunchtime. And then it starts again around 1, 1, 1.30 till around 3.30, even though the market closes at 4. So I recognize that from 9.30 to around 9.45, it's usually amateur hour. It's complete and it's not really flowing. Like you need to sit out and not even touch the charts until then, but kind of just watch and see what's happening. This is again, for me, this is how I've recognized it. Also, um, forexfactory.com is a site that I go to every day before I begin. And that shows you the news. And if there's like a red news thing going on, for instance, if it's the unemployment rate or for instance, this week is all FOMC. So this week is really crappy period for me. I wouldn't really trade much. But, for instance, there's, like, a report coming out, right, housing report or whatever. So they tell you what time. Usually it's around 10 a.m. Eastern, between 9.45 and 10.15 Eastern. So if there's news, I don't go anywhere near the market, again, because it just becomes too erratic, very indecisive before and after the news reports come out. So you got to let it simmer. Um, but if there's nothing going on, no news, then I'll probably start actively trading and really considering entering trades around 9.45, 10 in the morning. And then I sit it out until 11.30. Sometimes you see if there's still people are active until noon, but then lunchtime is pretty pretty mellow. I don't really like to go in there, um, so I kind of get out, and that's when I usually rest. And if I don't make it for the morning session, I will definitely be there around 1, 1.30, and there's normally no news unless it's FOMC, and then I just don't go anywhere near there at all. Um, and then until around 3.30. And then from 3.30 to 4, I recognize that, again, I, I don't want to call it amateur hour anymore. It's more of like this vengeance trading. All the people that didn't make money, they're like trying to buy or sell. And it's just too chaotic. It doesn't go with the flow. 
So I normally don't like to be in any trades at that hour. So that's kind of how I would do it. It depends on my day, obviously. Um, and also the time change because in Guatemala, right now it's two hours behind. So 7.30 is right when my kids are going to school. I usually check out the afternoon session. Sweet. Okay. Um, now, cryptocurrency, it doesn't, we haven't mentioned it. You haven't talked about it. Uh, I've got no idea if you've traded it or even looked at it or consider it. I mean, what are your, do, do you, have you ever traded it? No, I personally, I don't understand it at all. Like it doesn't make any sense to me. I understand about the markets being purely speculative, which the majority of them are, but this is so speculative to me that I just cannot wrap my mind around it no matter what. So when it's that much of an enigma for me, I prefer not to even go into that market. I know that it's a it's a strong market. My brother's one of my brother's best friends has literally made millions, but he also loves it. He sits and reads about it 10 hours a day. He just loves it. Like that's his thing. So if you're putting that much time into it and understanding it, great. But I don't have that kind of time and I'm not interested enough to do that. And I just can't wrap my mind around it. Cool. I just can't figure it out. <laughs> well, I won't ask you for your Bitcoin prediction then. Um, right, so no, no idea. <laughs> what do you think made you different when you first started out? Um, I guess also being a woman, I don't like to really put genders on it, but it does make a difference. I mean, it's an industry with 95% male. It's just, you know, we look at things differently, and I think that alone really – like with stocks, with, uh, you know, they always say that with, especially with stocks, women are better at choosing for the, like the longer term because they kind of look at what they want to invest their money in as like, as if it was their own business. So I guess that kind of made it more for me as well. I was looking at it more as I, I think because of um, I'm a mom, you know, it's like the money that I'm doing is going for my kids. I know, like, I don't want to generalize, but a lot of men is like about their toys and their cars. And that kind of makes it different, right, when it's about talking about your kids schooling and health. Um, so I guess that also made me more conservative um, in the way I traded, even though at that point I didn't think of myself as being conservative because I was going along with the aggressiveness. Also, um, I'm a real I'm a loner of a trader. That's one thing that also I think I realized, unfortunately not early enough, but joining a lot of the trading live rooms, um, there's too much pressure, I realize. Like people are looking at a trade and they're going in and you're like, oh my God, but I don't see it. How come? And then I run in, I chase that trade, I totally lose and I beat myself up. So I, I know that a lot of traders like to be with other traders and talk about their trades and be in the trade room. So that made me really different and it felt very isolating and like, am I, is there something wrong with me? But now I've completely accepted it and really like that about, about my trading that I don't want to trade with others at all. Nice. Well, that's a good, so good that. realization. <laughs> um, so, so what about somebody starting out? I mean, what would you recommend they, what, what steps would you recommend they take? Oh, my God. You need to study. You need to study. And that was one of my biggest revelations, like, when I had that breakdown. Go to the absolute basics. There is nobody at all helping the total beginner and just understanding the absolute basics of chart reading. I mean, you, 
the majority of these people that are going into the markets have, I just say, donating money to the market. They don't even know what a trend up, down, sideways trend. They don't even understand that there's a sideways trend. Consolidations, reversal patterns, divergences. These terms, which is the most basic, it's like the ABCs of reading or like the Doremi's of music. And they don't, people don't teach that because for some reason when you're signing up with these really expensive academies, they expect you to know this and you don't know it. And that's something that I realized. I never focus on the absolute basics of just reading what the market is telling me. And that's kind of, um, yeah, that's, that to me is everything about trading. And, and what, I suppose, what about, um, fundamentals in your own trading i mean do you you talked about fomc do you do anything else around the fundamentals do you try and i mean yeah do you help if you had to right, let's let's change the question if you had to break break it up into technical versus fundamental what does that look like um oh no i have zero fundamentals and the only thing i know about the fomc is that they are meeting i don't even care what they're meeting about <laughs> It doesn't matter because all I know is that the traders are all being incredibly indecisive and trying to predict what the FOMC is going to come up with, which you can never. It's a closed room committee meeting. Um, so I don't actually use what they say ever. Um, I just know not to be anywhere around it. So to me, fundamentals, you know what? I really wanted to be a fundamental trader, especially with equities. Uh, they don't make any sense. If Jeff Bezos is about to you know have a divorce why does amazon suffer who cares right <laughs> but that's how it was yeah. and fundamentals are fantastic yet he's getting a divorce and it tanked 10 percent. why who cares so that's when i started to really realize the fundamentals just do not work at all for me for me as a person, right? Because um, Apple, it, it's one of my favorite stocks that I have long-term. It gets battered all the time. The fundamentals haven't changed. It was a trillion-dollar company. Yeah, you know, Wall Street didn't like it that day. So the fundamentals didn't make any sense. And I'm looking at the fundamentals. I'm like, but they're great. Why is it getting 50% down, you know? So to me, it didn't make any sense. Um, and I think that's what I really love about futures you don't need to know the fundamentals. Yeah. At least with my style of trading, um, it's just what the chart is telling you, where the price action is going. And so, so you mentioned the chart that if the guys who are beginning had a better understanding of how to read a chart, they'd be in such a better position instead of donating money to the markets. Uh, what three things would you recommend they educate themselves on? On the chart, that is. So I would... If you don't have, if you're day trading and you don't have a chart platform, it's like playing music without notes. Um, you know, you to me, you if that that's like that's a given, and it's amazing. Even though it sounds like it should be a given, a lot of people don't even know what a chart platform is, and they're quote unquote trading. And I'm like, but how do you know what your what your position, your instrument is doing? So. That's be, that I want, want to say like goes without saying you need to have a really good chart um, chart platform, and then you know you need to know what a reversal pattern looks like. You need to know what a support and a resistance area is. You need to know what divergence is. You might not use divergence, but you need to know what it is. 
um, you need to know what a sideways market is, what a consolidation. And this is literally like the do re mis. Like for me, that is such an amazing discovery that people don't know this and they're trading. And I'm like, but how would you know? I mean, it's been hitting the support area and over and over again, and yet you're trading into the support area. Maybe you should stick it out. Oh, it's a support area. So, <laughs> you know, yes. those things are just so basic. I always say, like, if you don't have those basics, it's like you're ready to build a house and you forgot to put in the walls and yet you're putting in the windows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you need to have that. And that was definitely my biggest discovery. Like nobody taught that to me and there's nobody focusing on beginners. And I think that's why I began the trader chick. Mainly I began to have a community of other women until other men started finding me and being like, Oh my God, this is exactly what I'm looking for. Like the simplicity and somebody who could just talk to total beginners. And I love working with, i work with actually both beginners and also like, people who have been wanting to trade for years and then just can't come up with a system. But beginners, I, I, I love that because nobody was there to help me when I was a beginner. And it was a very difficult road um, discovering what I'm telling you right now, like just these basics. Yeah, it, it's, it is a, it's, it's one of those things. It's like starting the first dig of uh, your gold mine when you're a beginner. There's just so much to get through and so many holes that are going to end up nowhere. Um, right, so uh, let's dive into the quickfire round. So about nine questions I'm going to go through here. Uh, help give the listeners a bit better of an understanding as to what it took to become a successful day trader. Now, so how long did it take you to go from newbie to consistently profitable? Two and a half years. What's your mental approach to trading and do you have any special techniques you can share with us? So my mental thing is mindfulness. It's being in that moment right this second and also completely accepting that if I go into a valid trade that sticks with my strategy and it doesn't work out, forget it, move on, go straight to another valid trade and avoid that revenge trading. Um, And that was a really big, it sounds easy now, but it took me a long time. I was revenge trading for a very long time. Um, but being in that moment, right this second, because in the market, microseconds count. They could change in a microsecond. What's your favorite entry setup? The initial reaction trade. It's when the trend changes with strength. That it's always that's usually the bit the best. It's like when you're a runner and you just get out of the house and go fast. You usually have the most power. So does a new trend. And then you can slow down, get a drink, turn around, whatever. But at that point, you've already gotten your first trade, a good trade in. What strategies do you use to exit or manage active trades? So I go in always um, with a stop and um, my profit instantly. It's part of my uh, my platform. And I just stick to it. I know that it's one point, one point for my first contract, no matter what. And then I move it. So... I've learned to just bite my hands or whatever, but not move my stop anymore. What's your recommended trading book? Oh. I mean, the trading in the zone is obviously like the cliche one, but I like it most because it doesn't really focus on trading specifically. And that's the books that I really like. The ones that don't really focus on trading, but more on your mental state. So Psycho Cybernetics, Loving What Is, is by far one of my favorite books. Nothing to do with trading. Um, Power of Now obstacle is the way there are so many books but 
the trading books, I, I just feel like it's just another trading system. It's so, so much in your mind. You need to learn to control your mind, and then the trading will happen. You might have just answered the next question. If there was one thing you'd recommend any retail trader spend the next month mastering, what would it be, why, and how could they go about mastering it? Learn a strategy. Find your strategy and backtest it. Uh, backtest those trades. And not just um, one trade, backtest the ones that you're really looking at. Backtest them for one month and really trust them. And if you don't trust them in the backtesting, then find another one and backtest again for one month. And then go live, back test, and really get a strategy. Get that trading plan there. What's your preferred broker and trading platform? Um, I personally, for futures, NinjaTrader is by far the best. Um, and they also have a brokerage attached to it, and you can trade right off of the platform. It's super interactive, and that's what I love about it. But equities, because I also do that. Uh, Ameritrade is fantastic. I love it, them. And Thinkorswim, that platform, is really good for equities. They are not good for futures because their commissions are too high for futures. But for equities, they're really good in commission. What's the worst trade you've ever had? That was the one that totally put me down. I had my stop in, my profit in, and I just, my ego got me and I let go of that stop. And I'm like, it's going to turn around, it's going to turn around. And within five minutes, I lost 4000 bucks. Um, and after that, that's when I had like my last breakdown and that was yeah, it was April 21st, five years ago. I'll never forget that day. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, if you could leave our listeners with one piece of advice, what would it be? Study. Honestly, you cannot learn a trade. You can think of yourself as a pilot. You would never sit in a cockpit with a, with a flight full of passengers and go. That's mass murder and suicide. And traders just like to get in because it's easy. Please study. Study whoever on your own, pay, it doesn't matter, but learn a strategy before you go live. Sim trading is there for a reason. That is my number one advice. Cool. <laughs> well, look, uh, thank you very much, Marina. We've got one last question before we wrap up the show. Uh, so we'd like you to give us the bones of a full trading strategy, entry setup, stop loss, take profit targets, market time frame. basically something our listeners can have a play with at home this week. What have you got for us there, Marina? Okay, so I love watching uh, reversal patterns, and that's usually a double top, double bottom, and divergences with my MACDs. So when I see that, I usually know that there's going to be either a change or transition period. So if that change happens, and that is when the MACDs become strong and your bars become strong, like I said, my, um, my place where I throw my bow from is my EMA line and that quick retracement, that is my instant reaction trade, I call it. And to me, whenever you are in the beginning of a new trend and you know that it's a new strength in that trend, get in at that first retracement. That is my number one um, advice. And I put that for everything. For instance, if you're in a strong support area or a strong resistance area and then it breaks out, to me, that's also a new trend technically because it broke out with confirmation that first retracement, go for it. That's your best entry because after that, the trend might lose steam. So whenever you have that first burst in a new direction or the same if it's been stagnant, go for that. That is my number one trade. And I pretty much am able to put that to many different um, scenarios as the first power move. Cool. I guess you could call it. 
All right, brilliant. Well, look, before we wrap up, what's the best way for traders to get hold of you? TheTraderChick.com. <laughs> That's my home. You can find me there. Cool. All right, well, look, um, for if you're uh, if you're first-time listeners to the show, head over to the TradingNut.com website to get access to not just this episode in audio format again, but also in video format, and you can also get the show notes as well, so quotes from the show. And I think we're going to do we're going to jump on and do a little video clip now as well. So you're going to get to see uh, Marina's chart. Um, so guys, yeah, search for Marina in the search box on there, and you'll find her show notes. Until next time, I wish all my listeners trading happiness and success. All right, guys, hope you enjoyed that interview with Marina. Now, if you want to hear. And see, in fact, see, if you want to see more from Marina, if you want to see how she does what she does in the markets, on the price charts, in great detail, then head over to the show notes page where there's a video that we recorded after this interview. Marina puts up a price chart, goes through it in detail, talking us through a couple of trades and how what her thinking is around these trades and how she executes them in the futures market. So go and check that out now. There's going to be links in the show description that you'll be able to click on to get there easy, especially if you're on your phone or if you're just on your computer, search up Trading Nut and you'll be able to get access to those show notes straight away. Now, whilst you're there, there should be a registration link on that page to take you to the webinar that I'm recording with Marina next week. Or if you're listening to this in the future, who knows, there might be a replay replay up there or something like that that you can get access to as well just go and check out the show notes and you should see whatever we've done there or be able to register for that in the here and now so guys a couple of calls to action go and check out the video go and check out the we'll register for the webinar and uh and we'll i'll see you i'll see those people that turn up to the webinar there next week all right last but not least on trading nut this week we've got our trading nut q a so guys let's hit it Trading Nut Q&A with Andre Stewart from Chart Artist Trading. Andre, question for you today is how do you, how to create or how do you create a trading plan? How do you create a trading strategy? A step-by-step approach. Any recommended books? Thank you very much. So a bit of a sort of a um, yeah. weird question here. That's from Andy Ong from Singapore. So, Singapore, so that's uh, it's a multi-part answer required i think so trading plan how do you create one of those how do you create a trading strategy what's a step-by-step approach and any recommended books so i'm gonna work backwards books no why because the truth isn't in the books they're selling books because they can't trade that's my flat out answer on that um how do you create a trading plan you gotta spend time with the market um and I'm going to say this again, I've probably said it in every single one of these questions I've answered, is you have to look at the market without bias, right? Um, <clears throat> and what does that mean? Look at a higher time frame chart. Look at it, <clears throat> excuse me, free your mind from patterns, free your mind from support and resistance, all that, right? Mainly because the people who are creating, quote unquote, support and resistance lines aren't looking at candlestick charts just not happening um because that's a that's kind of a view on the uh interbank market they're just dealing right um they're literally just dealing so then what you have to attempt to figure out is well where are they dealing right god i'm probably going over their heads with this one but it's okay (laughs) um and then once you can determine where the dealing is 
do you get in on a re- get in on a retest? Now, what did I do? I'll tell you what I did. I back tested my face off, and I still do it to this day. Um, you have to look at the chart without bias, and you have to really focus on what you see. Now, what's on YouTube, because you're not going to find the truth on freaking YouTube. You're not going to find the truth in Forex Factory, none of those sites. It's just not there. Um, it's just not there. So you have to spend time with the market, back test your face off, and determine what it is that you see. Again, not your mentor. Because I even tell my the people, the, the members in my group, like, who cares what I see? I've given you the framework. You create around the framework because that's what you have to do. Um, determine what you see in the market. Um, and then you have to exploit that. So I can literally tell you my trading plan, find my key prices, uh, find where I believe the lower high of the day, week, month, or year is going to come in at. And I trade that. That's my trading plan. Um, also my trading plan is eight to 12 pip stop because if I'm, if I'm wrong, I want to know sooner rather than later, and I'm going to take it to my next determined target. Now, you also have to decide, too, and I harp on this pretty pretty, pretty heavily, is are you a scalper, intraday, intraweek, or a swing trader? That's the other thing you have to decide, and that's something that's, that's very, very underrated. Because, again, if you're an impatient person, you may want to scalp. If you are moderately patient, or if you're looking at percentage returns, you may want to look at day trading. Uh, if you're more of the lower risk trader, you may want to look at swing trading. So those are all questions that only you can answer for yourself. Um, there was trading plan, books. What was the other one? Trading strategy. So, again, your strategy is going to come. Okay. No, I'm going to tell the truth. <clears throat> strategy sucks. Because you need to understand how the market works. And then you build a strategy around how the market works. Because you can't just take something very arbitrary and make it work. Question everything. Like indicators. And I'll tell you this. Any indicator, even even volume profile, right? Like you have to question all that. MT4 and MT5 don't come preloaded with anything helpful. Question that. Support and resistance. Question that. It's so it's so common. But I have yet to meet a uh, trader who is profitable by, by trading support and resistance in the retail sense of it. I don't know anyone that does. Um, so figure out it's a market, so figure out pricing, figure out key pricing, um, and how do you figure out key pricing? You, I think, you literally have to look at the charts without bias on the higher time frames. I would say daily and above. Um, work out what happens because the same thing happens every single day, and you can work yourself to a very high win rate uh, with very very good returns. But again, question everything Um, because the truth just isn't out there. So one, back test your face off uh, if you really want it. 
um, determine how you see the market. Um, strategy sucks. Um, you may want to understand the market from an interbank perspective. Again, retail stuff talks nothing about that. Free your mind from candlestick patterns and all that noise because it's literally just noise. Um, get connected. Um, start off with just one pair, right? Get to know it, but get to know it from a perspective of how the market works because that's what's going to translate into you being able to trade any pair because i remember when you first interviewed me i think i was just trading usd cad cable and euro because i built my connection to those pairs and now i i trade everything except for stocks it's too much work um and again books suck the the truth's not in the books you're not just you're just not going to find it uh, you need to find the uncommon knowledge, not the common knowledge. Um, and there's another long-winded answer for you. Thank you, Andre. That's most helpful. Hopefully, Andy, you get some uh, some uh, direction out of that. Right, guys, if you've got future questions you'd like answered, please send them to trading, uh, cam at tradingnut.com or you'll find links on the website or just post it in the social media and uh, we'll get those answered for you in the future.